0: Good evening. evening. Thank you very much for coming. We will discuss tonight uh, the 93rd Anacheda. As I mentioned, it's a little extensive, 41 pages long. (laughs) It's in a few different parts. And it's in what we could call the third from the last section of this Paramatma Sundarbha. So this section, beginning with this 93rd Aniceta and going through the 104th, is dealing with Bhagavan's impartiality and his intention in regard to the creative act. What is his intent? Why did he create the world? Is there some reasoning behind it? Jiva has a very unique perspective on the reason that there is even a material manifestation. And also dealing with the Lord's impartiality because we hear a lot about that. So how is the Lord so impartial that he embraces his devotees and dispatches his, the, his opponents what kind of impartiality <laughs> is that? It seems a little partial to me. I'm sure it seems a little impartial to a little partial to who would ever observe him uh, from a from our angle of vision. But actually, his actions are are truly impartial. And so, Jeeva going to com- completely go into this very extensively. I think you'll find it quite interesting because a lot of Interesting presentations of, of the inner meaning of the Leela and the pastime of the Lord comes out in this section of the Paramatma Sandarbha. From this, Jiva Goswami will go forward in the Paramatma Sandarbha to explain the correlation between the opening verses of the Srimad Bhagavatam and the very first verses of the Vedanta Sutra. So that'll begin after we finish this section. And that's also going to be quite interesting. Jiva's introduction to this section, the cosmic play of Bhagavan. We could call this 93rd Atucheda. So he does a lot of playing. So it's a long Atucheda, as I said. Now he's already established pretty Effectively, from any logical point of view, the reasoning behind the fact that the Lord can create a manifestation out of His his very existence, out of His very self, and not be attached to it—it seemed that He fully covered it. He fully got that point across—that that the material creation is is a manifestation of the Lord's energy, but he's, he's not really directly affected by the act of creating. And that we, the jiva, the tattvas, the shakti, are affected by it, although we are, in essence, pure, and uncontaminated, and eternal, and full of knowledge, and of a blissful nature. I mean, if we look back to the intrinsic qualities, there's there's some of that in all of us. So there's, there's a lot of God in all of us, these qualities. Well, why is Paramatma, the maker of the world, not affected? It surely seems like we are. He's dealt with that. He dealt with that extensively. Well, Jiva's not quite content. So he begins this Aniceta as follows. In this way, although the conclusion regarding Bhagavan's threefold cosmic play, Leela, of creation and so on, has been undertaken in a general way, it is now elaborated again in a specific manner by addressing various objections according to the principle of driving in a post. Stuna Nikanana Nyaya. When he said threefold cosmic play here, it means creation, maintenance, and destruction of the material manifestation. So the act of creating, manifesting, ma- maintaining, and then wrapping the whole thing up. Just as we are have as Jiva is driving the post over and over again. <laughs> We can take from this Anucheta that Srila Jiva Goswami could not find any discourse within the Bhagavata Purana that specifically addressed the objection that he himself has conceived of and presented in this Anocheda, Because his policy has been that he's always drawn from the Bhagavat Purana uh, different points of view. So, we can assume, it's an assumption on my part, considering his approach to the whole presentation up to this point in the Paramatma Sandharva. and we've been doing this for three years now, studying these Sundarvas of Jiva, We have some familiarity up to this point of of Jiva's methodology in presenting. And generally he's always used, if used, the Bhagavatam as as the Sutra. And then he's explained that Sutra. So this particular objection, he's just written in Anaceta himself and presented the following. He wants to go into it more in depth. He's just told us, I'm going to go into it more in depth. I want to make sure we fully understand this. There cannot be any question in your mind regarding this tattva here. Otherwise, it could interfere with your progress in bhakti, and I don't want any interference with your progress in bhakti. Let's begin here. I pose a question, and he goes on. A question is raised. Does the Supreme Lord Himself personally appear or not as the avatars who descend in the course of His cosmic play of sustaining the universe? And does He or does He not perform the various leelas of these avatars, about which we hear, such as siding with the gods, suras, by exhibiting a smile, expressive of his pleasure, or by granting them fearlessness, or by killing the Asuras by doing battle with them. If he does, Giva goes on, then not only would the objection raised earlier become verified that he is influenced by the Gunas, that's the objection, but he would also be subject to the flaw of favoritism, towards the devas. If he does not, then all these avatars and their leelas are shown to be not part of Bhagavan's essential nature. And thus, the previously accepted conclusion falls to pieces. So that's how he begins his Anujada. So, how do we answer this? Now let's remind ourselves, the previous Anaceta he's referring to is the 85th Anaceta, and the question there, what we would call the Purvapaksa, there is raised by Vidura. So that 85th Anaceta quoted a verse by Vidura to Maitreya from the 3rd canto, 7th chapter. Sri Vidura said, so, Jiva here says, if you can't answer the question I've posed here, then Vidura has made a proper conclusion. That's what he's saying. Well, what was Vidura's conclusion? Well, we need, we've gone back and now I'm going to read that. O Brahmana, how can Bhagavan, now he's asking Maitreya, O Brahmana, how can Bhagavan, who is consciousness alone, immutable, and free of the gunas, become involved with the gunas and functions, even as a matter of cosmic play, leela. So that was Fedora's question. How is it possible? He's becoming involved. So how can you say he's not involved? How can he, how can he be free from the gunas when we see him descend to the world, take sides with the devas, kill the demons, perform leelas? I mean, isn't he... Experiencing the same sunshine, we are breathing the same air, feeling the same, you know, feeling the same um, family emotions when he when he you know raises his children in Dwarka. I mean, sure looks to me like he's just one of the gang here in the material <laughs> modes of material nature. He's being influenced by the gunas just like the rest of us. How is it that he's not influenced? is the question. And then is taking it one step further. And not only it looks like he's influenced, he also certainly seems to have favorites. He certainly seems to select one class of men over another class of men. Your whole, all the arguments that we've just gone over here do not stand for this very reason. How is this happening? How is this happening? That's what Jeeva is asking himself. He kid, he's, he's asking himself to, to deal with this. Hmm? I'm glad he's going to deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> and so will you be able to deal with it after we hear how he deals with it? Which is the point. Jeeva, the commentary brings out a couple points I want to point out. Uh, stuna, nikanana, nyaya, pounding the post. Why do do they do that? So it's explained there. The more objections one can raise in opposition to a theory and then refute, the more firmly that theory is established and indeed becomes unshakable. A couple sentences from the commentary which I really liked. Um, Now he raises speaking of Jiva Goswami, now he raises further doubts to this position to make it absolutely clear. One of the reasons he does so is to uproot any traces of non-theistic leanings from our minds. The non-theist, the radical non-dualists, what we refer to as Mayavad, Mayavad philosophy, admit the existence of a qualified god. That's their philosophy that if there is a Lord, he's Brahman, but he's influenced by the mode of goodness. So therefore we see a God in the world and the Jiva is influenced by the other modes of material nature. That's as far as it goes. And if we really look to it, it's it's all an illusion. It's all Maya. So that's their philosophy, the radical non-dualists, as they're referred to here. So they admit the existence of a qualified God. The world qualifies God. But in their view, this God is also a product of Maya and not a transcendental being. Therefore, he cannot be the ultimate object of devotion. The author wants to completely rid us of this misconception. That when God descends in the world, he's affected by the world. That he doesn't, he loses loses his transcendentalness when he comes into the world and enacts his Leela. And even the act of creation alone, if we fully know from the radical non dualist viewpoint the nature of Brahman, we can't even accept that. The world that we think is even exists. It's really only an illusion. because if it's anything different than an illusion, then where'd it come from? Because Burman is of the nature of spirit. Of course, their conception of spirit, the impersonalist conception, well, the radical non not the, the true Brahmavati. But the impersonalist conception is uh, there's no qualities in, in Brahman. It's all just pure conscious spirit. It has no distinctiveness because a distinctiveness would, according to their vision, And their vision is very much influenced. And this we can understand about the Mayavad philosophy. It's very much influenced by a perspective that is in line with experiential knowledge. What I mean by that is we, the Vaishnavs. We accept that there's transcendental revelation and that there is realized knowledge. Their concept is more, if we're going to look to spirituality, well, we start where we are and it has to conform with, with that idea. Now, we accept descending knowledge, but the radical non-dualists... They have to their main conception is based on their experience. And therefore, if they see duality, then they say, well, if there's duality, then that's not spirituality. Well, we can accept Parinamavad. We can accept that there can be some Shakti of the Supreme. And that that Shakti can be modified and there can be, by the modification of that Shakti, one of the energies of God, one of his unlimited energies, can be influenced and there can be a material manifestation. So we do not accept Vivartavad. We do not accept it's all an illusion. So this area of the Paramatma Sandarbha is Jiva's reinforcement of the proper theistic conception so that we are not led astray by the Mayavad philosophy. So it's it's that important to Jiva to come up with his own objections and answer them thoroughly. Don't think that he's not going to use the Bhagavatam to the nth degree in answering these questions. In posing the questions, no. In responding to them, absolutely. So let us proceed. This is all the same Anucheta. Jiva proceeds. The answer is as follows. It is true that Parameshwar does nothing at all to sustain the universe, but he manifests various avatars and leelas exclusively through the display of his intrinsic potency, Swarup Shakti, to give pleasure to the Vaikuntha associates who descend with him, as well as to the devotees among the devas engaged in universal administration. And to other devotees not directly involved in these pastimes. This is stated in Padma Purana. There's a lot here in this opening statement. I mean, first of all, he does nothing to sustain the universe. It'll be interesting. Jiva will unpack this and give us an explanation of. God doesn't do anything to keep this place going? How is that? Yes. Because the Western concept of it is of the watchman creating a watch and doesn't deal with it. The watch is, you know, working on its own. Mm-hmm. It's, that's the similar idea. That okay. That? But there was some act of creation. Yeah, so so the I mean, like the Western philosophy has similar concept, right? That and that's what you're saying. Yes, yeah, I see. That, that you know is the similar with the example Jiva is giving. For once, once once the clock is made and wound it's up, a, it's going. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So now he goes to the Padma Purana to begin to to explain explain this fully. So what's he going to explain fully? I want to read it again so we have complete, completely know where he's going here. The answer is as follows. It is true that Parameshwar does nothing to sustain the universe, but he manifests various avatars and leelas exclusively through a display of his intrin- intrinsic swaroop shakti. Exclusively is the word used here. That's the sole the soul thing that he does. And he does it all with his internal potency to give pleasure to his associates, who he brings with him, because he just can't be without them for a moment, as well as the devotees among the devas Well, among the Devas must be there mean there are some Devas that aren't devotees. Interesting point. Engaged in universal administration, and to other devotees not directly involved in these pastimes. Anybody following? That's me. That's me. (laughs) So also for our benefit, he's coming. Other devotees. We're the other. We're the others. Well, at least we're on the bench, as Guru Maharaj would say. It's okay if you're sitting on the sidelines on the bench. Someday you may be called to run a play. So it's a good place to be. This is stated. Now he begins bringing out different evidences. First he starts with a quote from the Padma Purana. Although I am able to annihilate the asuras in a mere moment, I still perform various actions for the pleasure of my devotees. A fish, a tortoise, and a bird nourish their offspring by seeing, reflection, and touching, respectively. So also do I nourish my devotees, O Brahma. It's from the Padma Purana. So, by using the analogies here of the fish and the tortoise and the bird, we see, we reflect, we touch. So, some devotees are able to, are directly involved in the Leela. Some devotees are simply observing the Leela. And some devotees are simply meditating on the Leela according to their qualification. He goes on. In Hari Bhakti Sudodaya, Lord Nishringa says, I am fully satisfied always, and I take various births to fulfill all the desires of my devotees. So please tell me, what can I do to please you? It doesn't say who he's talking, but I think that would be a safe assumption, considering the the name of the work. He goes on. And there is also... Kunti Devi's statement. You have appeared to grant bhakti yoga to the pure hearted Paramahansa sages. So, how can we women see you? Now he's going to the Bhagavatam. And the rest of these will be from the Bhagavatam. In this verse, the phrase to grant bhakti yoga means that the dissemination of bhakti is the purpose of his appearance. This is also the opinion of Sridhar Swami in his commentary on this verse. There is also the following statement of Brahma. In order to expand the totality of bliss of those who are surrendered to you, O Lord, you imitate the ways of the world on earth, though you are beyond all connection with the world. Jivigya Swami continues. The manifestation of Leela and Avatar is exclusively a display of the intrinsic potency, Swarup Shakti. This is shown by Sri Brahma himself. Now he quotes from Brahma, not from the 10th canto, but from the 3rd. So that I may remain untainted by my work, even as I create this universe, which is the display of his creative power, May the Lord, who fulfills the wishes of those who take refuge in him, engage my mind in the divine play he performs, manifesting many transcendental virtues when he descends, along with his intrinsic potency, Rama. Interesting approach to his service. In other words, let me... Be in complete remembrance of your Leela while I'm doing my work of creating the universe. Let my consciousness be there. The creation work is really secondary. The primary work is remembering Krishna at every moment for Brahma. And he's asking for that benediction. In this verse, the compound Grihita Gunavatar means that avatar of Bhagavan in which he takes on qualities such as mercy. In this way, while manifesting these avatars exclusively for the pleasure of his devotees, the work of his extrinsic potency maya in the form of protecting the universe by such things as siding with the suras occurs of its its own accord even without his conscious inspection. Now we get to an unpacking of that other comment that he doesn't have a direct involvement in the material manifestation. Well, if he doesn't have a direct involvement, then how does it happen? Because, I mean, he's God. Nothing can happen without God having some hand in it. It would be our nat- the natural conclusion that one would one rise that well, if God is God, then how does anything happen without God being involved? So here it's now now we're going to come to some some evidence as to well how does that happen in, in regards to material creation? This is our first hint. The work of His extrinsic potency Maya, in the form of protecting the universe. So we've talked three things in regards to the universe. The offshoot of his, uh, of his leela being creation, maintenance, and destruction. And the form of protecting the universe by first such things as siding with the suras. In other words, it's got to take the suras' side or there's a chance that the demons will just wreck havoc. I mean, they could burn the whole thing down. They're truly, un- give them a lot of power and they're truly uncontrollable. That's the nature of the demoniac nature is, is of, of that. There's no sense of, of maintenance. There's no sense of, it's just enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. We can have experience in our own uh, observations that that kind of a mentality, no matter on what level one experiences it, can can lead lead to complete destruction. I mean, just take uh, our current human society and the, uh, what do they, what do we have now? Our, our most most pressing epidemic now in human in American society is, oh, yes, the opioid crisis. So, here's a crisis. This is a mentality whereby it's enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. It's enjoyment in the beginning and then it becomes... Well, I can't live without it. Without this kind of enjoyment, well, I'm, I'm psychologically hooked into this enjoyment. I have to do it. And then it's, well, it ends in destruction. What's the outcome? It doesn't end nicely. Even if you have some intervention and some... It takes a lot of work, from what I've heard, to to break that no matter how much energy you put into it. So imagine the demons, if 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 the Lord in his avataric descents did not take the side of the suras, what what what, what could happen? We can get some uh, little glimpses of that when we look to the Leela of the that's presented in the, the Bhagavat Parada. Haranyakasipu or Kamsa. What do they do? I mean, they do all kinds of things. Kamsa? Well, let's go. and I, let's, I don't know which village Krishna may have snuck off to, but I can see he's no longer in the prison house that I've placed my sister in, who was burying him. He's not there. He must be somewhere. And we know he was born just recently because when I went down to To dispatch him, then this other personality flew into the air and told me he's somewhere else. (laughs) So kill all the kids. Just go to every village and kill them all. If we do that, then we can get him. Or sometimes the demons take control and, and what's their thing? Well, immediately, let's cut off the head of society. The head of society, the Brahmins, starve them to death. Don't let them perform their sacrifices. Don't let them allow religiosity in human society at this point. If, they want, if, if, if society wants anything, they should worship me. I'm sitting on the throne. This worship of others is not going to be allowed while I'm, while I'm king siding with the suras, occurs of its own accord even without his conscious ins- inspection. It's happening just as a consequence of Krishna being around, of the Lord being around in some avataric thing is what Jiva is saying here. In this verse, he's pointing out this is a consequence. Just Krishna descends and maintenance happens. Automatically. He doesn't have to think about it. Jiva Goswami goes on to say, Just as in the world, when devotees assemble together to heighten their exaltation of love of God, they may gather some drum players who are unacquainted with the ecstasy of such divine love. And while dancing, being intoxicated by singing the glories of Bhagavan, they destroy the inauspiciousness of the world, and at the same time increase its auspiciousness. This is expressed in the 11th canto. A quote from there, A person endowed with devotion to me purifies the entire world. Similarly, in the following verse, it is said, Bhagavan Hari's creation of the world is verily without anticipation of any particular result. He does so out of his bliss alone, just like the dancing of an intoxicated person. A intoxicated person that really has no purpose. He's just having a good time, is what the verse is saying. So this idea that the Lord is working hard to make the creation come about, Jiva's starting to starting to dispel that. And he's saying, it's just like Some bhakti rubs off on any professionals that you may bring in to perform your kirtan. They're getting the benefit. The drum players are getting the benefit. But the devotees are just expressing their love for Krishna in kirtan. A couple things from the commentary. Bhagavan acts for the delight of his devotees. It is for this reason that he evolves the universe, accepting avatars, and performs pastimes. Whoa! That's it? The whole material manifestation is only only coming about so that Krishna can show his love for his devotees. Everything else is just a side just a natural consequence coming about of its own accord. You can't say God isn't doing it. No, he's doing it, but it's not a conscious effort on his part. He's God. Wherever he goes, everything's auspicious. Everybody's benefited. And if there are devotees who aren't yet of the highest caliber within the material world, he's making a descent. And if they haven't completed their the perfection of their devotion, then if they if he asks if the if the normal course of cosmic activity is such that the universe wraps up and they're wrapped up again in his paramatma feature because they haven't completed their devotional course then well then we'll make another universe we'll do the whole thing over again we'll start and we'll we'll let the universes come forth from my pores and we'll we'll do it again because i care about them having once said I surrender to Krishna, well, then I, I, Krishna, surrender to them and have to give them all facility. So the material creation is just a side... What do we call that? A a, side show. No. Side side effect. It's just a side effect of Krishna, Bhagavan's, love for his devotees. It's not... There, there's, not a, there's not a cause other than his intrinsic swarup shakti wanting to fully express itself in reciprocation to the love of his devotee. The maintenance of the universe is a concomitant effect of his dalliance with his devotees, just as when one cooks food on a wood fire for one's pleasure... One may also alleviate distress caused by cold. When it's cold outside, you want to work in the kitchen. Jeeva's saying it's just, it's a side effect. Just It comes of its own accord. You're doing the service of cooking, but luckily for you, in the winter, you're able to keep warm by your cooking. The conclusion of this particular commentary here. A person can perform an action to achieve something he lacks or just out of inner delight. We belong to the first category. A person can perform an action because he lacks something. Or he may just do it because of his inner delight. We fall into the first category and have no experience of the second state. Within the material realm, we don't engage in anything just for the hell of it. We generally, within the material realm, work for a result. In contrast, Bhagavan acts out of bliss, like an intoxicated person who dances out of sheer exuberance and not to obtain joy. Jiva will continue. Well, he's going to continue. We will continue studying Jiva and this next section of this 93rd Anacheda, or part, I should say, since the word Anacheta itself means Section. Uh, devotees are self-satisfied. So not only is Bhagavan self-satisfied, but the devotees are self-satisfied. Any questions on what we discussed this evening? Thank you so much for your association.